And that for a long time, that was really hard for me to, to swallow because I wanted to be the chameleon my whole life. I wanted to fit in with all the crowds. I wanted everyone to love me, right? Everyone wants that. But in reality, if you really start to think about it, you don't. There's a lot of people you don't want to love you. There's a lot of people you don't. And what you want to do is be authentic. Uh, I find when I'm most authentic, I just draw the people that like me for me, <laughs> right? Because if you're really you, you don't have to attract the people that like what you're faking to be. The concept of work-life balance, what it is is more just like finding what works for you and your family, not really what the overall I guess they always blame it on like oh it's because where I live that you can't make any there it's like I think it's perspective because I yeah. think you can make it happen if you want it to happen yeah yeah uh. underrated underrated we the underdogs underestimated yeah. what's up guys welcome back to the show my name is Monaco Carrillo I'm your host but of course we got here we got Eric here on uh, the other side of it on your other co-host here on the on the podcast um, but guys before we get started like always, remember, um, we're on all the other uh, podcast streaming platforms, not just on YouTube. So if you're on one of those, give us a follow on there. Um, but if you are on YouTube, of course, give us a, a subscribe. If you like today's guest, um, give this video a thumbs up. And if you guys like the the kind of the, the feel we got going on here on the show about bringing on interesting guests, share it around with someone that you think might uh, benefit from it. But with that, guys, welcome to the show where an act of rebellion is the question. Cool. So today we got round two with the... Medicare Machine Factory man himself, Joshua Youngs. What's up, guys? How's it going? Great. Life right. is good. Life is good. So uh, what what good stuff do you got going on right now? How's, how's life? Life is beautiful. Um, yeah, things are in full swing. We're about to ramp up on the 21st. The training for next year for Medicare agents comes out to where everybody has to recertify. So we're wrapping up for that on that side of things and full swing i've got a boot camp in charlotte on monday next week so i'll be in charlotte next week training some agents on a boot camp workshop style and then uh got a lot of other things come up doing a conference this year um haven't done a conference before so it's always fun to do something new and fun are you, are you speaking at the conference? Well, I'm going to put on the conference. So, yeah, it'll be okay. It'll be a different kind of conference. It'll be like a conference workshop. So a blend of uh, speakers and then hands-on, kind of like a, um assembly line of sorts where they go through a training process that beginning to end gives them a plan to have a successful annual enrollment period. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about the, the difference of, like, workshops and then, like... Uh, like speaking gigs, I guess, just how it well, is. Yeah. The typical event's going to have a speaker, presenter type of situation where there's a platform, a stage, uh, maybe a podium and a mic, and most people are sitting there without a mic and without a voice and trying to stay awake, and the other person's job is to engage and have energy and entertain, really, in a lot of ways. And most, most I don't know how many conferences you guys have been to, but most of them I go to, it's probably 80 to 90% mindset and inspiration and that kind of thing, and not a lot of meat and potatoes on how to, like, how do you do this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah. they'll, they'll bring up all the successful people on stage, like all the winners, like network marketing. Yeah. Um, and so once you're just like, hoorah, like, let's go, you guys can do it. And nobody then, says, here's yeah. how I did it. That's Yeah, that's because we've, <laughs> yeah. we've been to a lot ourselves, too, and it's like, cool but i kind of want to be kind of like how'd you get there like yeah or the people the on stage are like, pitching you up a ladder for them to make revenue yeah so right. there's the 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 pitch uh, the speaking pitch is what i call it where 
the presentation's a little bit of content, a little bit of gravy, and maybe a little bit of substance, and then to go into the next level, Here's the uh, most of them use what's called a ladder system. So they start you at 47 or 97 bucks, and they work you up to 300 to 500 to 1000 and they're trying to filter because some people will just spend money to spend money. And so you can make a product, a training product, for 15000 and you know that eliminates most of the market, but how many $15,000 clients a year do you need before exactly. you can make a sufficient living? Yeah. Right? And so there's that's, that's where how those conferences typically are set up is one of those two ways, really really inspirational, really uh, motivational, or what you'll see is it's a recruiting funnel. So um, in essence, they're, they're, they're getting a bunch of people in a room. It's the network marketing play. I don't know if you guys have ever been pitched yeah. candles or weight loss shakes or any oh, yeah. of that crap, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for me, um, I, I take a lot of, because I've done both, um, insurance really is network marketing with a license. So the government has regulations and certifications to have a, a hand in the game on this network marketing side of things. Um, but the cool part is, is the beauty of insurance is you're not doing products that may or may not work. You're not selling product. You're not direct sale product. You are a direct sale vendor of sorts because it's not your product. Um, it's so kind of like broker, like broker. Yeah, you are a broker. Of, yeah. uh, well, you're either a broker or an agent. So a broker represents multiple companies. An agent typically represents one. Okay. That's the difference yeah. between an okay. insurance agent and insurance broker typically. So like your farmer's agent, state farm agent, those are captive agencies that only sell their products. So that's why they're called an agent. Mm-hmm. And then you'll hear agencies like me call myself a broker because I broker for virtually all the companies. Okay. The ones that allow us and or are A-rated. Yeah. So you say they, they do these conferences, they bring a lot of people generally for recruiting. And your perspective, is that the best way to recruit? Well, anyway, insurance is not one of those... You wake up when you're a kid and go, I'm going to be an insurance agent someday. It's not one of those. Every, almost virtually everybody, like I stumbled into it by taking a secretary job, uh, but most people are recruited into the business because um, the, the people will see the lifestyle that it offers, and it does. If you help enough people and you put enough people in the right position, it offers a very, a very above-average lifestyle. And it's like I said... For me, uh, I like to represent the top 1% of the top 1%. So you could take, I don't know, I don't know how, you could take a big, pretty wide net um, from this location here, and you'd have to bundle up a bunch of agents before they outproduce just me, let alone um, the agency and other things. And so we're a force to be reckoned with um, in the small town game, but... Um, it's, it's a wonderful industry that offers anybody an opportunity to really level up their life. Um, I've got people, I mean, your, your cousin's one of our next people that's going through the, in essence, my front desk in my office, the administrative position is a, a farm system for professional agents. It's probably, the, probably honestly, the best way because they kind of know the stuff it's around It's the it. best training grounds I've found. Well, that's how you came up too. Is like going through 100%. the hundred percent. I started. Position. I started in that position, so I know because in that position you get a taste of of kind of a little bit of everything, and then as you go up in the ladder, then you just start you start understanding what stuff you deal with on more of a frequent basis and what stuff you don't, and as soon as you can, you hire out and you you process. That's the beauty of 
entrepreneurship is if you do it correctly, you should start to build out little splinter cells. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have a bunch of people, there's a wake of people. I have somebody on my team last year was her first year and she had land up near, um, in essence, between uh, Estes and Loveland. So it's in the mountains there. She wants to bring her, build her dream cabin and she was gonna have to refinance the loan on the land for another 20 years or something. And instead, because of AEP and how many people she helped, she paid it off in cash in January. Um, went went wedding dress shopping with her daughter and didn't look at the price tags you know and so there's with the right amount of effort and the right amount of you know stuff uh, the stuff being integrity uh, stuff being hard work discipline um, self-starter feel feel in a contained in a box like you can't get out Uh that's the kind of person that can really excel and you can change your life like I'm in the process this week um, of picking out which Bentley I'm going to go get. Oh, well, I was going to ask the, you the about white white. the white well, on white. Well, somebody bought that one out from under me. It was in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. And I was going to... F- um, it's going to get really dirty well, with the kids. Well, <laughs> so... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What, Just clean. What, what, if you have a Bentley, no, that's the least of your problems. No, yeah, here, getting here, here's what I would say. Most, and that's the fun part. The fun part about shopping for Bentley is, number one, not, not a lot of people can do that. Number two... Um, I'm not going to get a new one, so I'm not spending two hundred and something thousand dollars on a car. That's stupid. That I can I can use half that money and and put it into a business and and ten exit, and so that I'm getting a, a used Bentley. But the really fun part about you shopping for a used Bentley, used Bentleys between two thousand eight and two thousand sixteen have like five to twenty five thousand miles on them. So brand new, pretty much. So. so you're shopping for a brand new car, but you're not. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I had a choice. Do I get a brand new BMW or a brand new Infiniti again or something? Or for the same amount of money, for brand new, do I get a basically brand new car that not very many people have? And now is the maintenance and all that stuff. So a lot of people don't just do that because the oil changes and everything else are a little bit more unique. And so you got to make sure you have somebody that's going to has enough insurance at their shop to handle if they bust the oil pan on your Bentley while they're shopping, you know, servicing it. So, uh, but no, that's a fun thing. Um, Probably going to be going to Walmart for oil change and stuff. Like no, that, huh? you don't want to go to Walmart for that, I don't think. But yeah, no, the, that process has evolved from five years of the grind, five years of being in an industry um, where the, the top 20% do 80% of the business, just like every other industry. And, um, you know, it, when you build something like that by yourself, it's, it's fun to see the rewards. And so I, I hear it all. Um, you hear it mostly positive because most of my circle, I've thinned the herd down to, um, you know, negative voices go to what I call the block party. Um, How's that? Break it down. What's well, the block party? Well, you, you, if someone's saying it's negativity and you, you give them a chance to not be negative if not then you find their name you hit the little arrow you find block and you send them to the block party oh there you go <laughs> <And> <laughs> i like go, it they go to the block party and then they quack silently into the night and you never it, you know if you can control the noise into your head you can control the output of your brain especially, How long especially on social media it's, it's so easy to well, do yeah that. that's, that's really two buttons maybe well and even on your phone too you can block someone yeah quick they can't call or text you just as easily so they got to be really old school and come knock on your door. Yeah. Most people aren't willing to do that. So, you can, but you've got to control what goes into your head. 
how long did it take you to like to realize that like you're like I'm just getting maybe too much negativity around me that I just it's draining me instead of well I, what I can say is anyone who starts to have any level of success you it's it's at the top and the bottom you because I've been in both places you find out who your friends are you find out who you're, who really cares about you because when you're at your lowest you find out who cares about you when you're at the top you find out who cares about you <laughs> it's, it, it's what it's people funny. call and ask for. W- yeah. When do people show up? Yeah. When do people not show up? Yeah, exactly. Huh? It's, it's funny because, I mean, yeah. we were talking about like, the brilliant stuff we were talking about the other day because we've had a lot of hail here and stuff. People are like, when the hail comes, they're so scared to use their car and stuff. Like, but that's why like insurance was made for so you don't have that fear. It's like if you, well, if you have something yes, and you're scared yes. to get H- it. However, with property casualty insurance, they can mm-hmm. cancel your policy. So if you even if it's not your fault, if you become too expensive, they can just no thanks. But the, the whole thing, I was, the the like the context, of the conversation that we're having is like if you're worried about your car getting hail damage, oh. like you're freaking like yeah yeah yeah, you probably can't afford the car. So the wrong probably, mindset. Yeah, mm-hmm. wrong mindset. But yeah, the, I don't worry about I don't worry about people stealing my car. I don't worry about car damage. I don't worry about any of that stuff. How long How long did it take you before you like started? To like actually want to buy yourself stuff because I see you got watches and and stuff like this and and cars like was it hard for you to like to like actually like kind of enjoy your money a little bit well I know I, I go to a, a, a training called SWAT so if you're out there and you're whether you're in the insurance industry or not this thing could help you but mostly it's insurance agents that go to it but SWAT it stands for um, what is it I think it's special I get screwed up every time and so Nate it's gonna kick my ass if he ever watches this um, Specialized wealth accumulation tactics, something along those yeah. lines. Um, but long story short, it gives you the training to identify yourself and other people with a color system where um, the, mo- the most I've gotten out of it is understanding myself. But So my personality color, my, I'm a high red. And in essence, um, most of your top 1% animal food chain, top of the food chain people are either high red or very very functional blue. Um, what is that? What does that mean? Well, I, I can't give you the watered-down version. That and it's, um, in essence, it's it's heavily licensed and stuff. And so... Okay. Um, so we have to attend the event. You would to have to attend out. the event to even <laughs> get Free it. Free plug. <laughs> like I said, you don't want, you don't want a watered-down version for me. Because I've been to four of them, but even after going to four of them, it's, it's, like, it's like joining... Uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu going to four trainings and trying to call yourself a black belt. You don't want to learn from me. I've only been to four. You want to that's learn true. from the person that's done. And that's the same thing. And your online stuff and all that. Um, don't take the training from the guy who went through the training from went through the track. Like, you need to get the training from the person who's, like, doing whatever you're trying to do. That's, that's probably a gold nugget number one that everyone should write down that's watching this or listening to this. Take the training for the person. Find the person who has what you want. Do what they do. That's, and this is, from, again, from Nate Alfred, a quote from If you want something, find someone who has what you want. Do what they do, and you'll get what they have. But, so sounds, you've got to follow pretty, it uh, to a T. Most people don't have that discipline. Yeah, it sounds pretty simple, you know, just you it, see it and then just... It is much, simple. It's just not easy. Yeah, there you go. It's very simple. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, but you see, like... On social media, there's a bunch of people like 
like the smoke sellers, they call them, you know, they're just selling yeah. smoke, you know, they're not well, really going, like you said, they're not really going through it and they're teaching you how to go through. So it's like, uh, sure. they're, they're selling you a course on how to build wealth, but it's based on selling courses based on how on to build wealth. Well, that's a lesson in and of itself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So a failed course that you take is almost more valuable than one that you paid for and thought you got value of. Because what I'll tell you, most people that come to my my workshops as an example, how many people, because you guys have come to those, yeah. how many people do you think go home and implement all that shit I give them? Probably not. Because I give them the whole, do I not give them the whole blueprint? Yeah. You give them I, everything. That, that, that's the good thing about your workshops. Like you get, you actually lay it out for them and the, this is exactly what I do. But how many people do it? Yeah. And that's the thing. Me and I already talked about it. We're over there in the corner taking notes and we're not in insurance. These guys are in insurance. Some of them are falling asleep through, you know. Right. So it's like, yeah. It's not, so, yeah. but that's, that's people. Most people, most people look at someone like me or or a really successful person, and they'll say, "Oh, they did this or did that," or they, they don't understand the grind that went into getting where I'm at. And you, if you look at someone really successful, um, now part of part of this is sometimes it is who you know, which is why networking and other things and being social is really good. I'm an introvert, so for me, I grinded my way the hard way, which is by myself. In, in, a, in a smart, there are people that are much smarter than me that make much more money than me because they figured out the, that it's better to get 1% of 100 people than 100% of me. And so if you can get 100 people underneath you doing 1% as good as you are, that equals 100% of what you do. And so you scale that out that way and you, and you learn how to develop people instead of how to develop tenacity and all those other skills. So that's what I developed first, how to be a lone wolf. And then after, because I was burned. And so not burned, jaded, worn out, because that, that secretary job I took eventually turned into me being the recruiter, trainer, answer guy for thousands of agents across the country over time that I've trained in my life. And so I've, I've, I've seen it all. Everybody says the right thing. So everybody talks the game. Everybody says they want it. Everybody says they're going to do what it takes. Everybody says all these things. In reality, seven to 8% of people actually have what it takes and will do what it takes to get what they want. Yeah. And the rest just try to pull you down. So I, I, on my Bentley post, I had mostly positive, but I also had some people that basically said, you know, think of the less fortunate. I, I do think of the less fortunate. I donate to the less fortunate all the time. I, I get, that's, that's the other power of grinding to a hard point is if you want to change the world, you need money to do that. So if you want to, if you want to be able to donate to good causes, first you've got to make money. Exactly. And so I donate a lot of money to a lot of different things. And, but I also, my watches aren't, $50,000 watches, they're Invictas for the most part. You can go online and buy yourself an Invicta right now for 180 bucks. Yeah. Look, they look, they look, right? Y'all want to match each other too. I know, and that's the point, right? Yeah. And um, over time, will I end up getting a Rolex? I don't think so because they're a pain in the ass. I don't want to have to wind it. I, uh, I don't need to flex with the watch. I'll flex with the car, but the the car for me is I spend fifty to eighty thousand miles a year. I drive two and a half to four times around the earth every year. So when I'm in my car, I want to be happy. I want to be comfortable. I want to feel. And uh, what better recruiting tool is there for another red who's motivated by money and trophies and winning? 
That's who I'm trying to attract. And that for a long time, that was really hard for me to, to swallow because I wanted to be the chameleon my whole life. I wanted to fit in with all the crowds. I wanted everyone to love me, right? Everyone wants that. But in reality, if you really start to think about it, you don't. There's a lot of people you don't want to love you. There's a lot of people you don't. And what you want to do is be authentic. Uh, I find when I'm most authentic, I just draw the people that like me for me, <laughs> right? Because if you're really you, you don't have to attract the people that like what you're faking to be. How'd you, um, come, how'd you come to that realization that you were just like, I guess how, I turned 40. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, age changes everything. And I've spent 18 years in an industry where most people I deal with are 50 plus. And when you deal mostly with people that are 50 plus, it changes your perception on life. And you start uh, once or twice or three times a month or more now, I get a notification that one of my clients has passed away. And to me, it's like family. And so um, in addition to it being very sad and it being um, someone's family's been, you know, forever changed in some respect. Um, but for me, it keeps a constant reminder in my face that this isn't a long race. <laughs> it feels like a long race. But uh, it wasn't that long ago that I was looking at people that were 40 thinking they're old. Yeah. I was, I was and now talking. I'm 40, right? <laughs> I was talking to my wife about that. I was like, because she, she just turned uh, she turned 30. And I was like, I used to look, when I was young, I thought 30, like, ooh, you're, you're old. You're, and now I'm just like, dude, it's, it's not coming, that bad. It's, coming, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it comes around. It gets better and better. Yeah. And that's the, that's the cool part, too, why I like Medicare a lot, is most people I deal with, most, um, and the ones that aren't, the ones that are mean or, or nasty or whatever, I filter them out. I don't, I don't have time for that. Um, so yeah, it's, the beautiful thing is most people end up in a place in life where they are happy people. Do you think people who like go to like your, your workshop and stuff don't follow what you're saying? Or like people who go to like any other like workshops or anything, well, they don't follow it because they, they put you on this like pedestal that the, he's so successful. I'll never get there. I have there. several problems with the workshop. So the workshop is uh, one or two days. It's hard for me to get people to commit to what I need, which is three to five days. Because mm -hmm. if you give me three to five days, we could really go through it. But it's such a blitz. I mean, it's a lot of information that I throw at somebody in a 24 to 40-hour period. And so even with the recording, but, I mean, I give everybody the recording. How many people do you think are watching it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Why would yeah. I do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I already went through it. Why don't you watch it? Right. And you guys have had to watch it like 62 times because you've edited the footage a couple of times, right? Yeah. And so, but I would guarantee you there are things that you've implemented from the trainings that have helped your business. Yeah. Oh, oh for, for us? Yes. Yeah. Oh, for us, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so, one of the first things that you were saying, like, you need a... You need credibility like you need a you need a spot where people can find you so we're like we need to get a spot yeah so that's what, like there's a lot of stuff that we have it where your brand where your brand like why if you're not proud of wearing it why should other people and it's like a lot of stuff like we're not an insurance we're listening to it and we're taking it and there's people that are sitting right there that have access to you for free all the time and they don't so that's what's well they don't want it that bad I it's, think. it's human nature yeah human nature is to want what you don't have and and not want what you do have right yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do I want a Bentley instead of the Infinity that works just fine sitting out there? Yeah, it mm -hmm. looks cool. Yeah. Well, one, I think I've worked really hard, and it's money. I, I've gotten to a point where 
I can work really, really hard. I can help a bunch of other people work really, really hard. And because of that, my kids and their kids, my, my goal is to set this up for generational freedom, not wealth, freedom. Because wealth is passing. The true freedom is where you pass on the skill sets. You pass on, like the legacy is not what you leave for people. It's what you leave in people. And so the, the legacy that, that I want to leave has changed. My, my legacy that I wanted to leave when I started in the industry was I wanted to be number one. I want to be the top agent. I want to be the best. It was like kill, destroy, um, you know, do whatever it takes within ethical principles, within reason, and just outgrind and outwork people. And I took a um, deep, deep satisfaction and pleasure in knowing on Saturday mornings while everybody else was watching cartoons or playing golf or whatever, going watching college football, that I was out grinding another 15 to 20 people being helped, which put me 15 to 20 people ahead of the competition. So do you see the choice? Do you enjoy that still? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a highly competitive person. Okay. There are no free licks on me. You beat me fair and square, you don't beat me. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and whoever you are. Like, if, if, if I'm playing one-on-one -on -one basketball with my grandma, she's... She's getting, getting dunked off. She's getting, <laughs> she's getting it. She's getting crossed over. All of it. Breaking ankles, yeah. you name it. Um, but that's what you have to, for me to get where I'm at, that's part of the ingredients that makes me me. And that's, you have to embrace you. The, the individuality everybody offers is what makes you unique and special. And that's what, um, we're all human, but those who have figured out hyper productivity and hyper, you know, being yourself. You guys are really good at being yourself. You have your brand, you represent your brand, right, at all times, and you're, you're doing well, I would guess. You're, yeah. You're either so. doing well or you're swimming in debt, which either way, both are good things. If you're swimming in debt, that means you put everything on the line and you're taking the right risk and you're going to work hard enough to get where you should go. Yeah. Yeah, for, for, uh, for like me personally, yeah, but then it's like not for the right person to be in debt because the right person... and in a situation doesn't do the the same things but I, I was just curious so like like you said you would like work the weekends and stuff like that so like one of the base, biggest things when I like stopped doing my my, my full-time job you know was because I, you get to that point like I didn't like it you know you, you it was it was pretty boring well, so, you, so I stopped doing it like so now I'm wondering like because here if I'm here I'm, I'm good you know, like I can be here on the weekends because it's not it's something that I enjoy. Script. You yeah. flip the script where you're not getting paid for how much time you put in. You're getting paid for what you put into the time. Yeah. And you have that true freedom where if your daughter has a dance recital, you go to the dance recital. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, so if it's time to work on Saturday, you, you come in and work on Saturday. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah. And how, how does your uh, – I'm curious. How does your wife feel about it? Like you working the weekends and all this. Well – um, because they say, oh, they always say like in every like business or whatever to be have a great business. There's they call it like number one, number twos. Like so, like well, is, she, is she like your every your every great championship team has role players and leaders and everything else. And so for her and I, we're we are yin and yang, where her strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are hers. And in some respects. Um, that, that's what you want. 
the the balance in in life and relationship usually comes from op opposites attract. That's why that cliche exists. But for me, <coughs> um, I know what my roles are. Um, she knows what her roles are, and together we've provided. I don't know. I think the American dream for my family. I don't know of anything that my my older two. I've got two generations of kids in my house. So I've got twenty and almost he'll be eighteen tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay, cool. So happy birthday, Ty. Tomorrow. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, so, in the, so in the, like the concept of work life balance. What what it is is more just like finding what works for you and your family, not really what the overall, I guess, for us theme is. Uh, the family is the business. So the the kids are involved. They all have branded shirts too, and they love wearing them. Um, they're they're on staff. My wife's not, so my both my sons are in the office. Because um, when people think of work life balance, it's like okay, you work. But then you go home and then you don't work. You that, just put that aside. That only works when you're trading money for time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When there's an end, when there's an end point to the day, when you're running your own, like I, I would challenge anyone who thinks that way to go volunteer to work at a McDonald's where they're the only one at the store that day, and they have to run all positions. They have to be the cashier. They have to be the fry cook. They have to be the burger cook. They have to be the putter together. They have to be the bagger. They have to be the cleaner. They have to be all those things all in one thing because that's what running a business is. In the beginning, until you can hire a staff and, if, and you have enough money to hire a staff, uh, you are all positions of the ship. So um, that's a, that's a, people that look for balance are people that, that are employees of other people like me and you who take the risk to create the opportunities. Because if I didn't take the risk, take the, if I didn't take the risk, then there wouldn't be people on my payroll. Exactly. So if you don't have people on your payroll, you can't talk to me about work-life balance. I don't care who you are. If, if you're not, because mm -hmm. I'm creating work-life balance for other people. But okay. then don't don't hate on me and my family when we have nice stuff. That's the thing, yeah. So you work for us, like you should be, be able to should, you should be able to be able to enjoy it. Whatever that is for you. For Especially some, like, the, like the people like on Facebook talking crap about you and your family is like. Dude, I've worked my ass off for the past five years. Like, yeah. let me enjoy this. Yeah, well, and those go to the block party. Again, I control the voices that are in my head. You can call that whatever you want, but for me, that's how you, you can't keep a championship mindset if you let your pool get polluted. Like, if you guys had a swimming pool, how many people are you letting pee in it? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Don't let anybody pee, pee in your pool. Yeah, exactly. You'd kick them out of your yard, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh -huh. So what are you let, you're just going to keep them in your yard after they pee in your pool? Because that's what they're doing if they're doing that stuff to you. On social media, you got to give yourself visualizations like that. Otherwise, you'll never take action. But that's, I mean, that's, that's probably the best one I can give you. Uh, that's good. Someone's peeing in your pool, and it, it's yellow. And you're summoning a bunch of Send them to the block party. Get them out of there, right, immediately. And that, so you have the same thing. Sometimes it's your family. Even if, even if it's your dad peeing in the pool, are you kicking them out? Yeah. yeah. At least for the day. At least for the day. Yeah, you're temporarily blocked. You, know, you might be able to work your way back in. But it's going to be a face-to-face -face thing, mm -hmm. an apology and all that, right? And so you just got to have those kind of standards for who's in your pool. Yeah, standards. Yeah, that's what I think a lot of people don't have. They don't have standards or they have not high enough standards for themselves. Well, the, the standards they set are on the wrong variables. Just because you've known someone for 40 years doesn't mean they're a better friend to you than the person you've known for two weeks. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time, time, mm-hmm. the, the longevity of something, because just because they've been alive as long as, that's basically all it is for most of them. Like most relationships, how, how, many, how many points of contact do you have per year? A lot, thousands. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And with each person, then you start counting, okay, I talk to you twice a year. So you, yeah, exactly. Compared to the but, person you've but known. But I have relationships like that that are better relationships than people I talk to every day. That's what's crazy about it. So it's, there, there's, there's a combination of quality and quantity that you can have both. And most, most of us have been taught it has to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. This or that, red or blue, you know, right or wrong. But there's, there's a lot more gray in the world than most, including myself. I'm a very all or nothing, black or white kind of person. But um, you know, people don't have the training on this. <laughs> School sucked when I was a kid. It's gotten worse. Like, they're not preparing people for adulthood. There's no courses on money or how to, how to handle, how to bank, how to create a good credit score, how to, there's, there's a million classes that I would put into high school that they don't have now that would change the world. But, but the system is set up for a specific purpose, mm-hmm. right? Which is what? Employees. You need, you need more worker bees than you do queens. Yeah. If there's mm-hmm. too many queens, then there's, uh, there's, not then there's no work. nothing to get done. <laughs> there's no work. And so that's, that's the balance. But the, the thing is, most people want to be the worker bee. They really do. Yeah. And like for, for me, if that's what they want to do, it's like, it's all fine. It's just it's that good. it's not me. So it's like, don't keep hate, me at your shirt. Don't, don't hate, hate on the ones that take the risk. Yeah. Right? Because there's also people who think they want to be the, the queen bees, but then they actually get into it because the sure. word entrepreneur is like so like. Well, but so there is. Now. There is, but there's also entrepreneur. So there's a lot of different ways that you can not hate and still get what you want too, right? So maybe you don't want to be the entrepreneur, but so you, you guys have a good friend or something, and they're like, you know, I don't want to make my own thing, but what can I do to be your general? Yeah. What can I do to be your first point, your right-hand man or woman or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it, that's the kind of initiative that it would take to put you guys to the next level. Because at this point, where you're at now, what what else can you scale, right? You scale yourself up till you hit the ceiling, and then the only way to scale out from there is with other people. Yeah, just a branch out. So the second you hire your first assistant, even if it's part-time, it'll double your productivity because they'll do all that dumb stuff to you that you don't want to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah, hopefully. So that's the next. So the right one. So that's the next. Well. (laughs) How did you go about actually finding... Your first right person. Well, did it take a couple of tries before you well, stuck? Well, the first person we hired was Jackie, who was one of my clients and one of my friends' moms. Um, and we had a great, it was, it was a great thing. I just, at some point, uh, we grew faster um, than she was wired for. She was, she was older. She was wanting a slower pace and all of that. We, I love her to death. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping she's happier. Because I was, I am not an easy person to work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of training. I just go. Yeah, and you so just go, go and better catch up. My guess is you guys have maybe had one conversation with Melissa where she kind of explains that. No, I, I told her. 
I told yeah. her before, I was like, if you're not ready to go, don't even call him. I told her. <laughs> yeah. So she knew. I was like, she knew what she's getting into. Yeah, yeah. And she's done great. She's done great. Um, and Ty, my son, who's now, he's taking the lead admin role. Um, and he's doing great. I, don't, I try not to tell him too much because, you know, th- that. How does that work? Because then, then he feels like it, from, like, my dad telling me to do something to, like, I guess I have to do this, this for work. Well, uh, to me, it's all one—it's it's all one thing to me. Yeah. Um, I'm in the—I'm in the development of humans business, so call it a coach, call it a mentor, call it a dad. All—all all three of those things, in essence, are the same job. Take someone from where they are and give them the best chance to be better than you, and help them um, learn. But learn with safety. But learn with safety without knowing about the safety. Without knowing? Yeah, because if you have a safety net, you're going to act differently than if you don't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't. If you don't take the proper risk and you don't think you're taking the proper risk, then there isn't. you didn't learn the lesson. It's like a balance beam that's six inches off the ground compared to five feet off the ground or something. Both of them it would fall, but yeah, in essence, yes. But it, it, you have to take the risk. There's no way to there's no way to artificially create risk. Yeah, because once you yeah, like you said, once you know it's coming, it, it's not the same. Like how, who here is really scared when you go through a haunted house? I mean, I don't go to them, so I'm scared enough not to I, go to. Them. I mean, I I used to be scared. Like even like Elitch, I used to be terrified of Elitch. Well, but I'm like I'm strapped in with like, an imagination mm-hmm. that's still vibrant. Mm-hmm. Right? Once you're old, so, you know, it's staged. Well, so. you can be. You can either let your imagination go and be creative, or you can push it down, which is what most people do. So I, I don't like I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like Harry Potter. I don't like Star... I mean, I'll watch it. But for me, my brain's sitting there going, There's, this is... Yeah. <laughs> come on. This is bullshit. What is this? Yeah. Like, can I... How different the world would be if our movies and entertainment were about how to create a business or how to get better at this or how to how to build a canoe what if what if you made a whole movie about that and then you have what what percentage of population not everybody's going to go out and build a canoe but you need some people to be inspired by that's my thing right and so for me um creation of opportunity is my new favorite thing to do helping other people change their life in a way that my life was changed with nothing more than an opportunity. It wasn't given, uh, the only thing that was given wasn't chance. And a chance against all odds and the right mindset, which is why most of those conferences that you go to are about mindset, because most people, that you can't get past anything if you don't have the right mindset. Because the right mindset carries you through when times suck. So my guess is, like me, you guys have probably not had a hunky-dory, gloriful existence the whole time you know, oh, no. struggle mm-hmm. at the times oh yeah to pay bills yeah all the time or whatever right uh, me too I've, I've put my family in severe risky situations what's the what's the like financial 100 percent. what's the what's the biggest one i've never taken a loan to run this business but at the same time everything i own's at risk because if you can't pay your mortgage then what happens? Exactly. Yeah. You can't pay for the car. They take the car. 
They foreclosed the house. Those kind of things are real. And before I went to commission only with no safety net, I doubled my mortgage, more than double my mortgage, and I got a new car. Because getting loans when you're self-employed is much more difficult until you're successful than and even when you are successful. If you don't do it right and someone doesn't teach you properly how to set up your business legally, either with an LLC or a corporation, and how to establish business credit and, and go through the whole litany of different things, um, there's so many lessons that I've learned on the back end that you know, it would have been much easier if somebody would have just had a course or if they were just taught it in school. But you got to kick and scream to get business training. Like if you go to a business class in, in school, do you guys go to business class? I did. I I think it's tough what do they one. teach you in business class? I, I honestly don't And the only one I took, I mean, that I could see is it was like personal finance and there's like how to do a checkbook. Like yeah, dumbass shit minus, like yeah. accounting. Uh-huh. Something that you're going to hire somebody else to do if you're running a business. Exactly. Yeah, I, I took a couple of like business classes in college and I was like accounting, business law. I was like, okay. Uh, so what do they what do they actually teach? They're actually teaching entrepreneur, solopreneur. Mm-hmm. They're teaching solopreneur because what? why do they want to teach that? Because if you're a sole proprietor, you get taxed at the yeah, highest all. rate. Yeah, exactly. So, so if they can create an army of people that are just themselves out there and they've got the skills to do their own accounting and do all their own stuff, you have a system of, you have a farm system of taxpayers. Like why yeah. why does American culture encourage kids to get, leave at 18? Cuz now you have another, another electric household. bill, another yeah, phone bill, rent, another yeah. rent, another part of the economy. It's the, a, it's the economy farm. So you're going to be a farmer or you're going to be a crop. So that's crazy what you see about like a lot of uh different cultures you know they don't leave at 18 especially like from like like middle eastern they all live like in a house all they're like this guy's a killer this guy's a killer they get a lot of cash and they're living in like one place like pool their money yeah and over time they then they own a bunch of stuff they have equity uh-huh. instead of a bunch of individuals struggling then they have the conglomerate of all of that right yeah. and then here in here in the u.s it's the, the other way around it's like it's glorified to go maybe. like live out on your own at 18 but then you're struggling it's not that much fun it's really not. They first they get the, the they go to college they get the freshman twenties, freshman fifteens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm curious I'm curious to ask you, uh, who's like your right hand man in, in your business? My wife. Okay. So you she, got, she balances, she balances everything out. So, yeah. She's the COO. Like so so like if you're trying to. Do X, Y, Z in the business. It's kind of like you guys have the conversation with her to kind of do it, or are you just kind of like, hey, let's roll. Most of the time, I'm a very poor communicator. Okay. So I, I announced the conference on Facebook before I told her, <laughs> which didn't go over very well. Surprise, surprise. Um, but no, I'm I'm a, I'm a fire ready aim kind of guy. So when I have an idea and I have a clear vision of how I can get there, I just take action. Most people get caught up in the details and never do anything. The analysis by paralysis and yeah, over engineering a one car funeral. Don't 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 make it complicated. So that's also what we were talking about earlier. It's like if you just do it now, you have less time to think about yeah. shit that could that could go wrong. You just do it. Oh, no, shit's gonna go wrong. wrong. Yeah. 
Shit's going to go wrong, which is why I don't like creating a plan. A, a, a plan requires me to have detailed information that I can use. And so experience gives you some of that, so wisdom and all that. But in reality, the planning phase comes on the back end after you've had some information and you can make adjustments. So taking action is the, is the key ingredient to success. If you just start doing things, you'll get better at them. When you get better at them, you get more success from them. Mm-hmm. You get more from sex from them, then you get rewarded with dopamine and you want to do it again, and you do it again, and do it again, and you get better and better and better. And it's perpetual, but most people don't like to go through the pain of being bad at something. Yeah, they don't, they're, they're afraid of what other people think of them, I think. Right. They're afraid of, yeah, people's, the perspective of people's thoughts that they have on them, so they just freeze and they don't mm-hmm. do anything. Inactivity, uh, fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of embarrassment, fear of all that. Fear of something's going to drive you, so just choose what the fear is going to be. Yeah. That's good. What about, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, the Medicare Machine Factory. So, like, how, how could people, like, what all is it? Because, like, well, you got the online stuff. And- right now, it's really designed for people in the Medicare insurance space. But over time, I'll adapt uh, some sort of thing because it's, it's a universal concept for building business and sales. Uh, mm-hmm. Those two things make the world go round. If you can learn sales skills, you are productive in any economy, in any situation, and, and that what makes the world go round. Um, I mean, obviously, if civilization crashes, then who cares about any of this stuff? But um, I don't, I don't see that happening. So, you know, the Medicare Machine Factory is my way of paying it forward, um, and it allows me to get in front of people that I wouldn't normally get in front of, and maybe change the trajectory of their life. Because um, in my business, again, it's the it's like the network marketing game, and so who you have your contracts with, um, as you guys saw, that can be Fun it can game. affect some things. Uh-huh. And so for me, I want people, whether they're under my hierarchy or not, to have access to you know quality training. Because most uplines, unfortunately, just don't know, or they have somebody that was successful in like '95 at insurance and. It's a little bit different world. Yeah, stuff's a little different. Everything's so 30 different. years later. So yeah. that's like going to be pretty much open for, for everybody. Well, it, it really is. Um, it would be a great way for somebody if they wanted to get into insurance to get themselves trained up. Um, or just it, sales skills in general because you could apply the same tactics and methodologies and psychologies of selling if there is um, to any industry. You just have to get over calling yourself a salesperson. Because if you do things correctly, whatever industry you're in, you're not really a salesperson. You're really more of a relationship builder and a consultative approach to help somebody figure out what's best for them. That's what a good salesperson does. Give the the best advice. What what, what do you look for when you're, like, recruiting agents? Well, it's very difficult because everybody talks the talk. So in some respects, you have to just... Recruit in volume, go through a bunch of dirt to find the gold. It's kind of how it works. So um, I just look for anybody who's willing to try. Because you have to understand the concept of commission only. You have to understand the concept of no city paycheck. You have to understand the concept of um, 
you get what you earn. So th those that are highly productive love opportunities where you get what you earn. People that are not productive love jobs where you get paid for sitting there. Mm -hmm. They're not doing anything. Yeah, this is not a sitting there kind of job. Now, some insurance agents do do set up that way. Um, but a, t a town like Fort Morgan doesn't have enough people to create a top 1% monster. Yeah. You have to go fishing in other pools. It's a much smaller pool. This is a, It's a tiny pool. Yeah. There's only about 60 people a month to turn 65. So if, for... Uh, how many Medicare agents can there be before those are all swallowed up? Yeah, that's a, that's a, so that that was another thing me and Eric were talking about. We're like, I mean, you live in Morgan, you're crushing it and and stuff, but it's like not a here. lot of people, yeah, not here, but I mean, you're still a lot of people in the think industry, that, you're, you're crushing it. Yeah, in the industry, you're crushing it, but a lot of people like they always blame it on like, oh, it's because where I live, that you can't make any there. It's like, what's well, just. I mean, I think it's perspective because I yeah. think you can make it happen if you want it to happen. Yeah, because they would complain about all the driving. Yeah. That, uh, do I like want to drive that? No. But if every time I get in the car, I think of it at the end of this rainbow I'm about to go on, there's a pot of gold. So if would you go on the drive if there was money at the end of the drive? Potentially. Mm -hmm. If you do things right and you help somebody and you change their life, you get rewarded for that. So that's... It's a mindset thing. Again, that's the mindset that I have. Um, find a way or find an excuse. Those are your choices. That's perfect. No, that's good. So where could people sign up to the Medicare Machine Factory? Oh, geez. Um, there is no, like, official landing page. It's, I use funnels mostly. Okay. So if you just go to social media and search for the Medicare Machine Factory, there's both a public and a private group. Easiest way would just be to jump into the public group, follow the group, and then the course links and all that stuff are in there. Um, I'm pretty easy to find, I think, on social media. Yeah, yeah. Joshua Young is people find not me. not too hard. Yeah, <laughs> posting seven times a day. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you got to huh? stay relevant. You got the logarithm rewards persistency, consistency, and discipline. So yeah, and they do now. Facebook does a good job. So if you're looking, if you're one that needs to get pat on the back, like I'm one of those people, I need to know where I'm at in progress and all that. So I'm always asking what the score is. I need a scoreboard at all times. Uh, but Facebook now, um, they they tell you, they tell me, it, it was 60 days in a row, 90 days in a row, 100 days in a row that you yeah. had rising visibility and all that. And so, um, to me, that means keep. Doing what you're doing and do it more. Do it more. Ramp it. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do it till they say, too, you've done too much. Yeah. Slow it down. <laughs> Until the followers start going back down. But, you know, if you're Facebook or you're LinkedIn or you're Snapchat or you're whatever, Instagram, you know, you're reliant on other people's momentum. So you, you encourage mm -hmm. and reward that. And they're starting to figure that out. Yeah. Because most people don't understand the grind. Like they'll look at a Joe Rogan and they won't realize the progression that it started out with like a laptop probably. Yeah. In a garage or something. Well, have you seen like the first ones, how they've done no. it? No. Like they were just sitting there just just talking shit and smoking weed, you know. So, so well, it's like, he is it was like 15 years ago. 
Right. He, he has on episode like 2000. But yeah, then, so then like, they do them every however often, and they yeah. do them like clockwork, and they don't miss, and it becomes like a TV show because people are creatures of habit and lazy. Mm-hmm. So if you can get part of their creatures of habit and laziness, you're ingrained in their life. Mm-hmm. So but that's the key. Yeah. Well, Joshua, we we'll appreciate it. Appreciate you for coming coming yeah. on with us. We are drop time. A, Good. Drop, drop some knowledge. It flies, doesn't it? When yeah. We're having fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good. Oh, but, hopefully people are taking notes because, I mean, there's a lot of gold news that people should actually they should. go back, rewatch it, grab a notebook, pen, and write stuff down. Oh, so they did it. Hopefully. What's, what's, <laughs> what's your top two gold nuggets of the day? Uh, I like the, 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 ben, the Bentley stuff we we're talking about. Stuff is just like perspective of how you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything's perspective. I think. What, you? what do you got, Eric? Man, I like the the uh, how you hire people. It's just like you put them in through like the the intro stuff, the basic stuff, so you know like the back end of stuff before you like bring them on. It's like the that's the inner workings. The problem with that though is it's difficult to scale. Mm-hmm. How many front desk people do you need at a time? Yeah, that's true. But, and how many people are willing to do that job? Mm-hmm. And then the mindset people need to have, because if they don't, like they could have, the, they think they have the right mindset, but then they're not up to your level, so they're not gonna keep up with you, and they're just gonna hinder you. Well, tip number two is no one's ever gonna be at your level. Mm-hmm. Just don't look for that. Mm-hmm. Look for someone at the level you used to be, because you're only qualified to help someone get from where you used to be where you are. You can't recruit somebody on your level, they won't work with you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can't. Mm-hmm. So you need to recruit down because that's the only way it works. So all these people will want to recruit somebody that's like, oh, I want to recruit a monster. we got to become a monster first. Because the, the monster don't want to work with you if you ain't a monster. <laughs> that's true. Right? Mm-hmm. So like, why, so, should, why should I go with you? I, you know, 100%. Yeah. So yeah, choose your mentor, choose your friends, choose your circle wisely. The smaller the circle, the better. Like I said, the, the five. You should have your... Your five people that you spend the most time with should be the ones that are leveling you up. Yeah, not bring. And if down. they're not in any way, no offense, whoever they are, choose your new five. Just you, you can still talk to them. Just don't talk to them more often than the people you're talking to that'll get you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're out of time. Let's we're gonna go for another hour. Or no, something. We're, we're let's go. I'm good. <laughs> another, another another gold nugget: invite people to the block party. Yeah. Yes. Like send them. One. No, send them. Yeah. Not invite. Send them. Send them. Because you, you're, you're literally, it's a very powerful experience to be able to do that, and they're gone. I actually, I mean, I actually do hold my phone. I do it a lot. Mm-hmm. 100%. So. Even, the way it is for me, I'm easily triggered. So I either say something stupid, <laughs> or I get them out of my way. Because all the social media platforms have figured out what triggers me, so what do they feed me all the time? Just so you got to understand when you like comments, when you when you you're feeding the beast. You've got to. It's like the whole thing that one time where you put about the guy with the trailer where he parked like across. Yeah, and I, then people I were just care. like, like what, like what do you care about, like. Dude, obviously doesn't care, like, but it's no. people. Are, people get people, triggered by that, huh. and it's fun for me. To do that, right? But it's fun for everybody. So just uh, understand. I understand your own triggers. I understand my triggers, and so I remove the people that trigger me. Because otherwise, what happens? Yeah, you, I get you, triggered. 
You're, you're living a, a reaction instead of action. Right. Like, Stay proactive. Mm-hmm. Just keep them at bay. If they want to talk to you, they can see you at the next family reunion or whatever. <laughs> I like it. Just keep them at bay. Yeah. At the next class reunion or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, who, who is it that you're listening to? Like, who want, how many people on your actual social media have you met? Yeah, a lot of them. You're just like, Not a lot. But, and I always have the thing too. If like, if we haven't talked within like the last year, we probably have to like reintroduce ourselves because first of all, I'm not in the same shape I was. I don't have the same mentality I was. So it's like they want to come and shoot the shit again. Like, oh yeah, let's go, let's go get fucked up, let's go drink a beer. It's like, wow, I really don't drink beer. I mean, I really don't right. drink like that anymore. So yeah, so it's like I'm a whole different person. So you pretty much have to reintroduce yourself. Hundred percent. So Reevaluate at all times who is in your circle and use social media for what it's designed for. Keeping up with family and selling shit. Those are the two things that mm-hmm. social media does. So everybody's aware those are the only two purposes. Why do you think every third thing you scroll by is an ad? And an ad very targeted specifically at what you click and don't click on. Mm-hmm. So control what you click and don't click on and you'll start to control the advertising you start to control the advertising you control what goes into your brain you control what's in your brain you control your output mm-hmm. so do you so do you have like a certain time like of the day that you don't they because i mean you're on social media a lot that you're off of it no i use it as a tool for business no but like when you go home or stuff or, or you're pretty much or like in the morning you're like there's a lot of shit out there i'm gonna stay away from it at least in the morning or, or anything? No, for me, people are my... But for those that are trying... Bradley said it best to me, um, or he, he might not be the first, but he's the person I heard him say it. Um, the money you need grows in the pockets of other people. Mm-hmm. So for me, being an introvert, social media is the perfect thing for me. It's the perfect thing for an introvert. Because I can engage on a social basis without actually being, being social. There. Yeah. Mm. So, like, I'm there, but I'm not there. It doesn't take any of my energy. Like, going out, going to a party, going to an event takes all my, takes everything. And I, the whole time I'm there, it's like I'm watching my battery thing go down, and I just want out of there. Um, so I'm terrible at physical social. But most people look at, like, when they meet me in person versus the persona I have online, they don't match. I'm a very, 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 very low key, very, very mellow, very, very um, Eeyore personality by nature, but I don't put off that persona. So that that's the, I've heard about like I've seen a lot of podcasts with like comics and stuff. Like people when they see you in in, in person, you know they're like be funny, you know, and it's like you you start your videos. I see them, you're like hey, what's up, you know, and they're like come on, man, like where's you keep it up, and you're just like well. It's part of the performance, and so that's part of the reason why I dress in my uniform is it allows me to take that persona. Because when I'm in okay. that, I'm, I'm way more social and charismatic and all of that when I'm at work than I am outside of work. Most people think I'm boring, but most people don't get to see the unplugged version because I'm plugged in all the time. Once you realize that time is the, the resource that we can't get more of, and so you've got to learn how to compress and be more efficient with that resource, that, that's where the magic happens. And um, like, I, like yesterday, 
I would have gone car shopping yesterday if it weren't for the stupid blue law. Um, What's that? Well, there's a law on the books that in many states they can't sell cars on Sundays. Oh, mm-hmm. really? They can't sell liquor on Sundays. They can't do there's So they're called the blue laws. It's basically to force these, like running a liquor store or something, running a car dealership, they're working long hours, and so it forces them to take a day off. But okay. um, for what? People exactly. take days off when they want to take days off. Like, uh-huh. everybody understands we're all in an at-will position, right? Yeah. And you can just quit what you're doing now and find something new tomorrow. Like everybody has that choice. They can just go get but people job. don't like the difficulty of change. They don't like the grind. They don't like the what-if. They don't like the risk. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's why the system works the way it works. Because majority of people like the safety. I don't like the safety. I get bored really quick. I get um, Do you like to have contained. like that, like that, like adrenaline rush kind of a little bit, like of what's to come? Well, 100%. What, what if you had an opportunity that if you do correctly and you work really hard at and you become the best you can be at, you potentially could double your income every year? And theoretically, with no limits. The only limit is who? Yourself. Yourself. Yourself, whenever you get... Complacent. Comfortable. Mm-hmm. So each of us has a different line. Because you know what I get asked a lot now? What's it? When's enough going to be enough? I was already going to ask you that. that that's why I was how asking much, about that. Your how much stuff. is enough? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to help a lot of people. So... If I wanted to start an orphanage or if I wanted to start a kid's basketball camp or I would want to do something else, how much capital do I need to do that? Mm-hmm. And so I either source fund, go fund me it, or I grind it myself and I'm more proud of what I built instead. It's yeah. about the, like, the perspective thing. Yeah. People are like, they look at you and they're like, what's enough enough? Because they just think this is your end goal, but your end goal is something else. So you're like, no, I need more yeah. capital to be able to do all these other yeah. things. When I, when I spend money to help people... You know what I don't spend one dime on? My defense fund. I don't have one dime I spend on my defense fund. I don't have one dime that I waste on politician's salary. I don't have one dime that I waste of, of taxpayer dollars that's supposed to go to do all these great things that really aren't doing all these great things. So for me, how I make a difference is one person at a time. If one person, one of us at a time starts doing more and being more successful and is then, then able to choose how they are philanthropic, Mm-hmm. And I'll, I've, I'll say it. I said it publicly recently, and I'll say it again. I went to Coach Burt's uh, Monster Nation conference last September, and there's this really cool guy who has a ton of energy and charis- char- charisma um, named Chuck McDowell, and he owns Wesley Financial and a few things. Basically, he used to be in the timeshare industry, and he saw how badly that industry was taking advantage of people, and he would read all these contracts, and he found where the loopholes are, and now he created an entire industry on helping people get out of their timeshares. But this guy, is a, he's a bigger-than-life personality. He comes out on stage with his, like, potato gun and shoots cash everywhere. <laughs> and he lives with this mantra that you can't outgive God. And that stuck with me, and I've been living off that mantra ever since. And so a week and a half ago, an unnamed person was in a tough position, and so I reached out to him. I never met him before. They live on the East Coast. And I said, what, what's going on? They explained what's going on. And so I said, well, s- create an Amazon wish list and send it to me. And, I'll get his- and so I had a lot of fun 
giving this person a new bid, bed for their kid and all this other stuff that they needed because they lost everything. Um, and then yesterday, what was yesterday? Sunday? The night before, Saturday night, I don't know if you guys paid attention, but if you guys didn't notice, I'm now also officially a professional gambler. I've seen that. Uh -huh. I was just like, twice <laughs> in two years, I've now hit an 11 or 12 leg parlay. And I truly believe those kind of blessings come to me because I give without the expectation of anything coming back. And so you can call it luck, you can call it good, you can call it whatever you want. What I can tell you is I'm a professional gambler now. Yeah, and that. I've got Any courses on cash that now. money. <laughs> well, the, the, here's how I do it. I just go with my gut. I just look at the list. Um, if I have time, the other night I didn't have time. I, I looked down and go, oh, shit, the fights are in 20 minutes. So I just went and picked. And boom. <laughs> well, in the first fight, the people, the person that should have clearly won lost. And so it blew up my, my other parlay was worth 25 grand. Mm. So I just re-picked them. And luckily, I changed one or two that I had originally picked on the second without even knowing. Because, again, I just... And so I just randomly picked the 11-leg parlay. But so I believe those kind of blessings come to people to give. So I would encourage you... To try, try to take that mantra on that you can't outgive God and whatever you have to give, um, do it. Because mm -hmm. there's times where I'm not sure if I'm going to make payroll and I'll still give anyway. Because then it puts me in a position where I work harder. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think that's probably my, my biggest takeaway from all the conferences I've gone to is you can't outgive God. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think just give back, but then it's like we were saying earlier, to give back you need money to be able to do that. And it's like give back to, because I don't know if your kids are like, they're doing sports or anything, but it's like if you think about it, if you have the ability to be like, hey, you know what, uh, I'm buying the new sports gear for the team. Mm -hmm. You think the parents are going to be like, hey, man, no, we don't want, this. of course, they're going to, you know. They're well, gonna some be of them will be negative because of the hate. But that's the mindset. <laughs> you just block mm -hmm. them. You still help their kid out. Because right, th think about if you're the kid stuck in the block blockhead mindset party. Mm -hmm. What chance do you have of success if your family is third or fourth generation blockhead? It's tough, and so I'm passionate about kids and I'm passionate about old people. Those are my two favorite populations. Sorry, middle agers like us, get your shit together, <laughs> figure and it out, <laughs> figure your own shit out. That's what you're, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to. The whole country, everything about our country is designed that people our age carry the shtick for both the older and the younger. So, yeah, get on your job to. and quit bitching. Because yeah. I can tell you, you can change your life in three years. And you don't got to go college is not what I'm talking about. That puts you in debt in three years. So if, you, further back. if you have a clear destination of what you want to be, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be something that needs a degree, then do that. But otherwise, go take whatever class or course. Go invest $50,000 in self-improvement courses. Hire a coach. Hire a mentor. Do something like that with, with your money and see what it doesn't do. That's crazy. People would be way more hesitant to do that. They'd rather go spend hundred grand on college than spend Twenty-five grand or yeah. fifty grand, yeah. hiring a mentor or going. They, they'd home. rather spend twelve hundred on an iPhone than twelve hundred on a self-improvement course where they could buy twenty iPhones. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Well, because we're we're brought up in a, a a right now society, and the whole system is changed to maximize that. 
the people at the top okay. are making again. They figured out that this whole idea of getting one percent of a hundred, and they've taken it to a whole new level. Because once you have the money, it makes it easier to scale the money. Once you figure out the formula of of success, success is not possible. It's probable. And when you can switch from possible to probable in your mind, like I said, make me start over tomorrow, and I'll get right back where I am in faster time. Because now I know shortcuts. Exactly. Now you know all the. So <laughs> the if, you can, if you can't think you, you have that, you mindset. can't get where someone is. I don't care who they are. You can. How far? You think about some of these people that came where they are and how short a period of time. How old is Elon Musk? Mm-hmm. How long did it take him? Ten years, twenty years. People think that's a long time. That's not when you're in the grind. Yeah. Especially if people only see the last two, three years. Yeah, it two five years. Mm-hmm. I'm completely in a different place five years ago. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's just the again. It's just like we keep saying it, but it's just like the perspective you have on stuff and the willingness to perspective because, and mentality. Because you can have like say you buy a personal development book, you have it, but then if you never read it, or then if you read it and you never put it into action, it's like it's never going to do anything for you. Well, and you also got to admit that you're not perfect first. That's why you. That's why you bought the book. That's in the, the first hard, place. That was the hard part for me. Ego gets in the way. Hard part for me was acknowledging that it's okay to be faulty and embracing the faults, not necessarily to glorify them, but to uh, be aware of. It's kind of like once you understand the electric fence shocks you, you can stay away from the electric fence. And so, if you understand you have an anger problem, mm-hmm. then you have systems and processes in place that you can filter out and not be angry in the moment. Right? That's, that's me. That's uh, triggered. I am easily triggered. Road rage, all that crap. Um, even at home. We had to clean the garage this weekend. And I lost my goddamn mind. Just because tedi- I don't like tedious tasks like that. And so I'll bitch and moan for the first 30 minutes. Therapeutically, everybody else is like, shit. <laughs> Not saying a word, you know, but I have, you know, what effect does that have on my family? Mm-hmm. Psychologically. That's true. It, it's a deep one. And so that's something that I'm aware of that I try to work through. Now, what used to be a seven-hour cycle, I've gotten down to 20 or 30 minutes. But my goal at some point is to have it eliminated. But that's an example of, you know, that's a weakness in, in, in many, many respects. And I'm not, I'm not proud of it. I own it. And I acknowledge it. Um, it's a weakness and a strength. It's a weakness that you have that, but then it's a strength that you know that you have that. Correct. Because then, if you're never aware of it, then you never know it's you're a weakness. You're not working on it. Yeah. Yeah. If no one tells you your zipper's down, can you zip it up? Mm-hmm. No. Not until you feel the breeze, right? Yeah. <laughs> the point of pain. The mm-hmm. point of pain motivates. So the point of pain is either the embarrassment of someone telling you or whatever it is. And so you either learn how to artificially create or you wait for an actual point of pain to happen. And that's really what success is, is those that have mastered success have mastered where to push the point of pain to. So for them, the point of pain of failure is greater than the point of pain of of not having fun tonight. The guys are calling, they want you to go out. Instead of doing that, you're going to stay home and grind and, and consume videos or whatever it is. That's a tough decision. And... For me, for a long time, I, you know, I chose the point of pleasure. I chased the point of pleasure instead of avoiding the point of pain. 
And what it, what it, what ends up happening when you chase the point of pleasure is you run into the point of pain. Hmm. And so when you run into the point of pain, it's called learning the hard way when you don't have to do it that way. But most humans are wired to learn the hard way for a while until they have one too many hard ways and then they learn the easy way from that point on. Most people call that wisdom. What was, it, what was your, like you said of that when you hit your point of pain, but what was your kind of initial thing to like start doing personal development, to start knowing that you needed to be better? Well, I went to a conference. Okay. But how'd you get to that conference? Was there someone that's I like, just, hey, let's well, go? Well, it was or? on social media. They had created, Justin Brock had created a, a group that I got invited to that I promptly, like, tried to get kicked out of, basically, because I, I speak my mind. Um, and that process led me to the conference they were going to do, and my initial reason for going to the conference wasn't a good reason. I was going there to steal ideas, like I was going to the Kentucky Fried Chicken Factory to steal the recipe or some shit. Um, but in reality, that ended up changing the trajectory of my life. Because no, I didn't have to steal anything. They gave freely information. So what I, what I was told in my head was, don't go to those conferences. They're evil. They're just going to try to recruit you. They're just going to do this, do that. Now, I did get recruited, but it, was because of what, it wasn't because they tried. It's because what they were offering authentically was greater than what I was getting, like, under force. Wait, you said Justin Brock? Yeah. Is he the one that you're doing the event with? Uh, he is going to be involved, but I'm, no, I'm doing this event by myself. No, but he's going to be involved. In oh, it, yeah. Okay. I'm going to get all the top names I can in my industry involved in this event. Yeah, because I've seen it, so that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, that's how you started, and it's like... Kind of like full circle. The full circle. 100%. That's how life works. Most of the stuff you're hating on or something, the reason you're hating is because you want it. Yeah, you don't. You don't and have. You're it mad work. that you don't have the recipe to get it. Yeah, they like say, I said, mm-hmm. find someone that has what you want, do what they do, and you'll get what they have. I promise you, anybody that follows what I do to a T, wakes up when I wake up, it, it, everything too, and I do some stuff that people that wouldn't think that would be productive. Well, what time do you wake up? Because you, you were talking shit to us that we were waking up late. Well, today I got up at four thirty. Okay. I have to fight. Because as soon as the sun puts any light in the sky, my body wakes up. There's no choice. Even is, if the is curtains just, are closed. Is it just conditioned like that? Like over it's time? It's always or been. Just, my whole, ever since when I, was like, when I was three, my dad made a rule I couldn't wake people up until the sun came up. <laughs> so it's just ingrained in me. And to me, it's competitive advantage. So morning people, like if, if you wake up at four... And, like, for me, I use it to get myself, like, that's my, my time. Where the, the world is, like, if you go out, I love the morning. You feel like the world's yours. There's nobody on the road. Nobody calling you. Nobody bugging you. And so those are the most productive hours of the day for me. From, like, like 4.30 to, like, till like till 8. Okay. Till everybody's up. Because I can just grind without interruption if I want to. Sometimes I'll play video games for that time. Sometimes I'll um, scroll TikTok for that time. It's whatever. That's that's the time I get to do whatever I want. And then it's time to work. But, you know, certain times of the year, that's the – I'm grinding the whole day. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, like the, the – I heard uh, 
was it? I think it was Adam Milet talk about that, where you just divide your pretty much your days. Where Hermosi yeah, talks it, it's pretty know. much like I don't know if I believe in all that shit where you can stretch the three days into one day. Yeah. Now, I I I do agree. It to me, it's 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 similar in what Kobe Bryant talks about. But I, yes, I agree in concept, but you're not getting three full work days in in one day, mm-hmm. persistently and consistently. But what you can do is make a really productive day every day. And again, from if you're working from from even just five, from five to seven, every day of the week, and just call it five days a week, that's ten hours a week, times fifty weeks a year. Let's say you take two weeks off, you've got five hundred hours of something ahead of somebody else. Yeah, whatever. And if you put 500 hours into anything, whatever it is. Yeah, you're bound to get better. I don't think you're going to get right. worse. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the thing that I was trying to find is like, what's the most productive and sustainable way to keep doing something? Because then if it's not sustainable, then like, what's the point? You're going to stick with it for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then you're going to leave it because it's not sustainable? Well, I think you just need to find what you're passionate about because then the productivity and the sustainability come in hand in hand. Like, I love what I do. If I didn't love what I do, I wouldn't grind like I do. I would fi- I would keep finding another industry until I found the right thing. So yeah, the 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 grind only happens when you enjoy the grind, and to enjoy the grind, you have to enjoy the whole thing. So it has to be a passion. You have to do what you love. So they say, if you're not doing what you love, that like, whose whose fault is that? Yeah, there's only one person, mm-hmm. one person to blame. And no one's no one's like forcing you into a concentration camp or anything against your will. So Yet. if you don't like the job you're in, quit. Huh? Like right now. Quit right now. And go get another job tomorrow. Yeah, things that a lot of people that they're scared. they're scared to go do that because they don't have enough they got bills. They've created this lifestyle for them that can only function if they stay in a job, you know, or if they keep making this X amount. And like for some people like me, I'm I'm the like Kind of, kind of like how you are, like that way. But there's a lot of people like, oh no, I need, I need to know that I'm getting these five hundred bucks a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're addicted to the salary. That's okay. We need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we need a bunch of that. So if that's you, that, that there's just not shade on you. That, that's not shade at all, because the, the world needs people that want safety and comfort, but don't try to push on other people. Just because you want to work with somebody else doesn't mean I do. I, it'd be very difficult for me to go back. That's crazy, huh? Yeah. Because at the beginning, because so so, how old are you when you when you started, like your insurance? Well, when I started my agency and I actually went to self-employed, would be thirty-seven. Okay. I'm just wondering, like the. Like timeline, like we pretty much, because it's hard to make that leap. Like when you first started, like you do this, it's just like a routine. You're just used to doing this, and then you're just like, so you're just like, it's probably enough, you know. You had enough. Well, I think every bird just has to jump out of the nest. Trust that. Mm-hmm. Just trust you. You have to trust you. Figure it out. Find a way or find an excuse. If people actually want to do something. Well, yeah, most people don't. That, that's, that's the first yeah. step. If people don't want to do anything, then... They want to do what's easy. What's easy? Exactly. Talking's uh-huh. easy. Talk the talk. Typing's easy. Showing up's not. Following up's not. 
showing up when you don't want to, when you don't feel good. Showing up on, when it's your vacation. Showing up when you should be at your kid's sporting event or something. There's sacrifices that have to be made to create opportunity for others. Like, somebody has to make the sacrifices. Somebody has to make sacrifices. In order for you to have a job, like if you wanted a job, Eric, where you mm -hmm. can take a day off to go watch your daughter play sports, somebody else has to create the risk and take the risk to create the job for you to have the freedom to take that take that time off. Like, how else are you gonna get paid? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you're if you were like a server and you didn't show up for your shift, you getting paid? No. Nope. Is there like paid time off in the server world? In the in the real blue collar world, is there paid time off? Not really, because no. most of the jobs that ha people that I find, like, it's mind-boggling to me how many people I help that are retiring and have hundreds of hours of sick time and other shit racked up. That they never use? Yeah, vacation time. No, some companies are nice, and they'll, like, write you a check for that. But, again, you're literally, you're, like, literally epitomizing the fucking equation. You're trading time for money when you should be trading money to buy your time back. You, have, you just have, you're on the wrong end of the deal. That's it. Yeah. And if, you have, if you're at a job where you get vacation, take the motherfucking vacation. Mm -hmm. Every year I had vacation, I'd take vacation. There was one benefit I had of the other job I had. At the end I had like 10 or 12 weeks of vacation a year. Because <laughs> he, he wouldn't give me raises, but he'd give me vacation because he thought I was gonna take that shit. Like I'm taking it. I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm taking use it all. Up. Taking it. Because if you don't let me take it, then that's a problem, mm -hmm. right? So, but yeah. Do you think that kind of in lines with like you can't teach uh, old dog new tricks? That that sometimes they're accustomed can, for so can, long for thirty years. And you can teach old. You can teach dogs any of any age tricks. It's just harder to teach old dogs. Just like it's harder to break old habits. So new habits are easier to break than old habits, but old habits die too. What is a habit? I had this conversation with my teenage son the other day. Let's go through this. This is good for everybody. Yeah. What's a habit? Something you do over and over again every day. Without thinking. You okay. Just... So how do you create a habit? By doing it over and over again. So if I want to change my habit, I have to change my... Action. Okay, to change my action, I have to change my... Mindset. Behavior. To change my behavior, I have to change my... Thoughts. Mm -hmm. So if you want to change your habit, first you change your thought, which change your belief. You change your belief, you change your actions, you change your action to change your habits. Mm -hmm. So you just reverse engineer that shit, and you can change whatever, whatever you're saying is your habit. Yeah. I don't give a shit what it is. You can unprogram it. What was the I used to chew on my fingernails. Does it look like I chew my fingernails now? Mm -hmm. Not at all. Just one day, I started, every time I went to do it, I said, you don't do that anymore. You don't do that anymore. Um, how many times have I said um today? Roll the tape, maybe a couple, because I'm still working them out once uh -huh. in a while. But in general, I've worked them out. Why? Because over time, I would say it. Every time I say um, I'll say, in my mind, I'll say, don't do that. Don't do that. And so whatever habits you have, habits are simply thoughts that became beliefs, they became actions, they became habits. So you just go back to the beginning, plant a new seed, and let that grow over it. So just taking the time to actually go back and 
you got to find the root of the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you having this conversation with your older son or your younger son? My oldest son. Oh, okay. Because he has a bad habit of not being prepared and not showing up on time. But he's, he's frustrated with himself. How do I change that? So how do you change a habit? You go back to the origin of what's happening. Because right now, your habit is what? Why do we have a habit? We're just used to it, I think. No. Well, a habit pushes us closer to the, po- the point of pleasure. So it's more comfortable. It's easy. So if you can create your habits behind your points of pain, instead of your points of pleasure, which is what most people do, that's the hack. Just so make it in the perspective. Yeah, make it a habit where, okay, I don't like to go make phone calls. So then the first thing you do every day should be what? Go make a phone call. Go make some phone calls. If you don't want to do a cold shower every morning, why does that work? Well, number one, they have physiological stuff that shows that it works. But number two, it forces you to do something you don't want to do right away. Mm-hmm. If right out the gate you're willing to do stuff you don't want to do, it makes the next one easier and easier and easier. But if you hit the snooze button, first chance you get, it makes the next time hitting the snooze button easier. It makes the next time, next thing you know, you're moving your alarm time. You're, you're changing the belief. You've now changed the habit. So. Habits and rituals. Yeah. That's how it goes around. Okay. How are you feeling? You good? Yeah. I think I'm, we're probably wrap it for this one. No, that's good. I think, I think that's one of the biggest things people should take away. Just change your perspective. Perspective. Control so. this and you control everything. Mm-hmm. Live a live a action life instead of reacting instead of reacting to everything you know that's when you own freedom do what you want when you want how you want only way to do that is to do what you don't want when you don't want to do it how you don't want to do it so to give what you want you got to do what you don't want to give what you want you got to give up what you have yeah to make room for what you want if your plate's full of food and then you see something else you want, what do you have to do? Got it. Move shit around. Make or space. Yeah. Throw shit off. Uh-huh. So. Cool. Clean your plate uh-huh. before you fill your plate. Sweet. Clean your plate before you fill I like it. It's a good one to end it on that one. Yeah. You know? Bada boom, bada bing, right? Yeah. yeah. So thanks again for, for coming yeah. out here, taking time out of your, your busy schedule. I mean, before you get your day I'm gets started. I'm on vacation this week, so I'm not doing a lot Oh, of yeah? Nice. Staycation, anyway. That's that works good. out too. Just chilling, chilling. That's good. Sweet. So yeah, okay. we'll, we'll put all your, your your links to like your Facebook yeah. and stuff down in the description so people can check. Add that out. me. I'm happy to help anybody I can. And then also the the links to probably the chat for the medical machine factory so they, they yeah. can get into that too and all for that sure. stuff. But yeah, guys, if you guys like today's conversation, uh, make sure to give this video a thumbs up. If you think someone can find value in it, also be able to share it around with them so they can they can listen to it, take some notes on this. But with that, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. And remember that an act of rebellion is to question. Appreciate it, guys. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Underrated, underrated. We the underdogs, underestimated. underestimated. Yeah. underrated.